everyone. We're about to kick off a little bit differently tonight. Um, so why don't you all stand up? Why don't we all stand up? Yeah, nice. Yeah, come on, give yourselves a round of applause for standing up. You did great. Yeah, well done. So, um, as you can see, we've got a bit of a space in the middle. So what I need you to do is just fill the space. Yeah, nice. James got the idea. So just just come into the middle. You'll be alright. It won't hurt you. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Come on in. 
Cole, keep coming, keep coming. All right. So good. Isn't this great? This is good, eh? Yeah, I'm going to say some other things as well. We just thought we'd kick off tonight's gathering um, with a bit of a countdown, just to just to get into, just to get ready, because you know, church is church is a bit more church is a bit bit, bit more moving than it used to be. So we need to, we need to get limbered up. We need to get ready. And our Muller here is actually gonna is gonna lead us in that tonight. So we've got a we've got a video that's going to be going on screen. And uh, Muller, are you are you ready? Are you ready for this? I was born to dance. Yeah, Muller was born to dance. So. He's going to be up here making a fool of himself. No, I mean, he's going to be up here leading us in dance. He's, he's going to kick off, um, I think he's got a, is it a dance team that's kicking off in a... Yeah, well, it's actually just a one-man dance team. So, there you go. If you want to sign your shirt or something like that afterwards, just go see him. But, uh, team, can we roll, roll the track? And this is just to get us ready. And then, band one, you lead us straight after that. Welcome to church. We got about five minutes before the service starts, so here are some church appropriate dance moves you can do whenever the spirit moves you. So get on up and let's sweat to some scriptures. Or maybe not, or just, just let's go. Here we go. One, two, three, four. Shirts on the face. See it on the face. Yeah. Bring it together. Here we go. Let it go. You take the stone, you let it go. You're unhindered by armor. Let that elbow sway. Elbow, 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 elbow. Okay. One of my personal favorites. Resurrection. You gotta get down to get back. Yeah. Keep working, guys. Keep working. You're doing great. I'm doing great. I'm getting a little tired. Stomp hard, stomp hard, stomp hard. You're crushing it, crushing it, crushing it. Oh no, oh no, oh 
rest of your life. But that's okay, because you got his blessing. Two minutes left. Oh. I'm gonna go for the bucket. No! I'm not gonna be okay. Sharp the knife. Ride the horse up the mountain with the knife. Put your boy in the back. Hoist it up. No. Hoist it up. Abraham, no. Hoist it up. Abraham, no. One out of 30 guys. We can do this. This is important. All right, one minute, guys. We're doing great. Keep it meek. But then watch this. This is not meek. Coming at the end with swords. Swords. Come down here, me. Flame them dead. Flame them dead. Flame them dead. Whew. Whew. Yeah, there. You do it. This one's important, too. We're so in the sea. Here we go. Somewhere. Make sure you hit that. Fertile ground. Stay away from the grass. Watch your back. No, God's got it for you. Watch your back. No, God's got it for you. I don't know how much more I can do this. You're gonna have to take it for me. On the last push, literally. Samson! Okay guys, we're gonna have to start. Let's just start the service. I think that was the longest five minutes of my life watching that. Awesome. Welcome, great to have you here tonight. Shall we pray? Father, I thank you for a great opportunity to come together, together, uh, together to worship you. Father, tonight we bring um, the best we've got to you. And I pray that it is acceptable to you. Holy Spirit, we know that you're here. You promised we're two or three are gathered. So we welcome you. We give you absolute permission and freedom to do whatever you want to do. And uh, we'll do our best to keep up with you. So thank you for being here. Thank you for every person here tonight. And I ask that every person would know something of your presence, something of a connection with you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. It is great to see you. It is great to have Pastor Wayne Swift from Melbourne with us tonight. Excellent. Thank you, Muller. That was a beautiful thing. Sort of. More to come. More to come. Lucky, aren't we? Who's had a birthday or an anniversary this last uh, week? Birthday, wedding anniversary. We get to celebrate with anyone? Was that you, Sean Ralph? Did I see your hand up? Have you had a birthday? No, no, that was something different, was it? No birthdays, no wedding anniversaries, nothing. Well, that was easy. Fantastic, we'll move on. Well, I've got something really good for you. Month of October is CIA. CIA stands for Church in Action. And we've got a few cool things happening on the uh, 16th. We've got things happening for the whole month. 
But on the 16th of October, that's a Sunday, and we uh, we have Muckin that day. And Muckin Sunday at 10 a.m. in the morning, if you turn up here, uh, we'll spend a couple of minutes together and then we'll hit the community. We're going out to the community, doing all sorts of things around the place, cleaning up some schools and different things. So that'll be really good. Looking forward to doing that together. That'll be fun. Then on the 31st of October, we have a light party, which is for kids, but we need lots of help putting it on. And um, the 31st of October is Halloween, of course. We like to come into Halloween with the opposite spirit. We put on a light party for the community. That'll be outstanding. So it'd be great if you could be involved with that. The other thing we're doing this year, which is a new thing, is throughout the month of October, we're going to attempt to have 24-7 prayer happening for our city. So that'll be a lot of fun. And um, we won't be together for the whole 24-7, like 31 days, whatever it is, but you can sign up to pray for an hour. And this is the first week here. So I'm going to pass this around during the gathering tonight. Put your name down, sign up for an hour here or there to pray for our city. We'll send you out a list of what we'll be praying for. And um, uh, when we pass it around, don't don't let it get stuck with you. You know, if you're on the end of the row, whatever, just find another row and keep handing it around so everybody can sign up. That would be really, really good. Right. You can stay standing because we're going to sing in a minute. Wait, you can sit if you want, right where you are. I want to see. Because Jay and Nicole are going to come and tell us about Friday night, what they did. First. Uh, um, so on Friday night, um, we were running a youth event down at Activate Tokoroa. Um, so we were there during the day just doing set up in there and then we took our youth down as well. Uh, we had an amazing time down there. Um, I think there's like seven salvations, two recommitments. And then Jay and I um, had some space um, in between the worship um, to pray for healing for people. Um, so I felt prompted by God to pray for people with like uh, respiratory issues. Uh, so we had one lady come up who had like asthma and a chest infection. So I uh, prayed for her um, and she was healed like straight away. Uh, so that was awesome. Um, and um, yeah, there was another four healings that um, I had the privilege of praying for people. Um, there were two people that got healed for uh, their lower back pain. Uh, there was someone with their arm, and then there was another guy um, with his fist, and he was hilarious. He was telling me to teach me his magic, or oh, my magic. So, yeah. Hey, so, why don't you two stay down the near down the front here somewhere and the, the band's going to lead us we're going to spend some time worshipping but if you need healing in your body for anything at all while we're singing tonight why don't you come down and we have a couple of others with you if you like to pray with you and um, if you need healing in your body for anything at all while we're and we quote it a lot we speak about it a lot we can come boldly to his throne But often it takes us a while to realise that, especially in gatherings like these, you know. Let's, let's start there. Right? He's invited us into the inner sanctum of his heart. And he's saying, you are welcome here. <laughs> 
you are most welcome here. So as we sing that, sing it as, as, as you're opening yourself to him, as, you're, as you are welcoming him, that's beautiful, but also hear it from him.
praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your
the fullness of unity the fullness of unity Poured out on the feet of 
finish off this part of the gathering, why don't you take a moment by yourself to just give them thanks. Tell them what you really think of them. Express your love to them. Thanks to him. He is a good, good God. Thank you, Jesus. So good to be in your presence. our hearts open toward you and Father as we hear your word as you we hear your word communicated to us the principles of God to us we intentionally keep our hearts wide open so we can embrace the life that you're calling us to live the life that you want us to take into the city into the universities into the high schools tomorrow pray that tonight the seed that falls in our heart would be falling on really good soil. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is fantastic to have Pastor Wayne Swift with us from Melbourne tonight. Wayne is the leader of the Apostolic Church Movement in Australia. And um, we've had the privilege now of journeying for a number of years together and it's a real honour to watch the way that he leads the, what he's bringing to the church there in Australia it's also a real privilege for us to have Wayne as our overseeing minister here the way our movements works we have an overseeing minister and so Wayne comes and he can really speak into the life of our church so I really encourage you to open your hearts tonight pay attention and I really believe he's going to deposit something in God so Wayne why don't you come Oh, and Faith 101, you guys can go now. If you're doing Faith 101, you feel free to go if you haven't already. And uh, have a great time. Enjoy yourselves. Wayne, why don't you come? Can we give Wayne a big hand as he comes, please? Well, thank you. It's good to be here with you again tonight. Um, It's interesting last year and a half or so, uh, my wife and I became grandparents, so we've got three grandchildren now. And so uh, there's been a drain on our bank account. My wife has found herself uh, frequenting those shops which we'd gone past, and now suddenly all the little baby shops and this and that, and she comes out with loads of stuff, and I, I figure she's bought enough clothes for our grandchildren now until they're five, and, um, and the eldest is about 18 months, so somehow we've got to put a stop to that. But it's interesting being a grandparent. I, I, obviously, we all recall um, uh, times where we've played with little children, so most people play with little children. Is that right? There's something exciting, something fresh when, you know, little kids, their phrases, their looks, their... But I'm becoming a grandparent. I went through the same process I went through as a, as a father. And, and when babies are first born, and if I can say this and just be, be really honest, they're a tad boring, aren't they? I know the females are now looking at me and scowling. 
But when they're first born, they don't do anything but... Most of the time, they don't even look. Their eyes are closed. But as they, as they progress, and you know, I, I just feigned excitement when they were first... Well, yeah, it's so nice. I didn't really want to hold them, but... Because um, I look for interaction, you know, I'm looking for some response. But as they get older... What you, um, what you do, what most parents do, what most grandparents do, is they work their hardest to get the first smile. It's a strange and weird thing. Normal human beings suddenly become childish and immature, all in an attempt to get this little baby who knows no different to just smirk somehow. And then when the baby smirks, what they do is they proclaim with great excitement, she smiled at me! Or he smiled at me, and, and it's, a, it's a sad thing to see. But grandparents and parents alike do it all of the time. They work very hard at it. I know my wife buys things in the hope that the children somehow will enjoy what she's purchased, even though they're not at an age where they realize. Um, and it's all in the hope that somehow, some way, that baby will communicate somehow with a little smile. And if, if my wife gets a smile, it makes her day. If I smile at her, she thinks I've done something wrong. <laughs> Baby smiles. It's like, oh, she smiled, isn't it? And, and, and most of the time I, I tell her the truth and the baby hasn't really smiled. It's just turned awkwardly and it's, its face shape changed. The interesting thing is this. We work so hard on getting a baby to smile at us and the baby can communicate nothing more than the smile. When it comes to our relationship with God, our goal should be exactly the same. The ultimate thing that we ought to be aiming for is to get God to smile at us. Don't try and tickle him, it's just not going to work. But the purpose of your life and the fulfillment of your life will be found in the smile of God's favor on your life. And yet too often we won't do the simple things he asks that will enable him to smile at us. Let me tell you what won't make him smile. You trying to somehow be Christian. Thinking that somehow you can attain something that is impossible for you to do. You are never going to be perfect. You're never going to reach the, the mark that has been set for mankind. You're just not going to get there. And, and no amount of effort and trying will make the difference. And the Pharisees, as we read, you know, in the New Testament, that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to get everything, all the boxes ticked. So that somehow they thought God would smile at them. And, and Jesus was saying, no, 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 you guys have got it all wrong. And yet there's something in human nature that makes us want to try so hard in, in the area where, uh, with regard to our behavior, and yet we'll never make the mark. We don't have to try hard any longer because we know Christ has already made a way for us. One of the people I spoke briefly about this morning, but you've all heard and know his name well, is David. Now David was a, the Bible says, a man after God's own heart. And yet when we look at his behavior, we would disagree. 
When you look at what David did, some of the things that he did, you would say, hang on, if that's a man after God's own heart, then God's wanting the wrong thing. It was David who uh, was David who found himself in the desert, either acting insane or completely insane. It was David who, because of his lust, found himself involved in the wrong thing and committing murder. It was David who had trouble with his family to the extent that his own son dethroned him. David was a man after God's own heart, but when you assess his behavior, you find he fell way, way short and a lot shorter than most of us have ever fallen. But I want to read to you tonight his testimony, and it comes from Psalm 66. Of course, it's not his whole story, but it's part of what he had to say. Psalm 66, verse 16 through to 20, in the New Living Translation, and then verse 1 of the next chapter, the next psalm. Come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he did for me. Do you know what testimony is? It's us telling others what God has done for us. That's why I call it his testimony. Come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he did for me. For I cried out to him for help, praising him as I spoke. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love from me. May God be merciful and bless us. May his face smile with favor on us. And I think back what, about what God has done for me personally, for my family and for our church. And assess it in a whole lot of different ways. It depends on the day. It depends on my perspective and it depends on my uh, experiences. There are so many things that we could list. But ultimately what I do is I give thanks to God for what he's done. That doesn't mean everything's been perfect. It doesn't mean everything has worked out the way that it should. And the reality is for all of us in life, there are challenging issues that we all face. There are tough times that we go through and there are also times of great excitement. God wants to smile at every single one of you and, 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 and display favor on you no matter where you're at. And I'm conscious of the fact today that I'm addressing people who are going through different experiences. And if, if I can, I want to dispute with you your attitude that says it's all right for you you might feel his favor, but you don't know what I'm going through. The reality is you don't know what I'm going through. You see, too often the, we say the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Too often what we do is we compare our circumstance with somebody else and, and it justifies our attitude or it justifies our, our disappointments. What we've got to do is forget about what somebody else is going through and develop our own perspective on life and then go with it from there. I'm telling you tonight, God wants to smile on your life and give you favor. But we need to hear what David did to experience the favor of God in his life. And the first thing he did was this. He cried out for help. Help is an interesting thing. 
Because you don't cry out, and it, I love the way it's phrased, cried out for help. It's, it's an act of desperation and it's an act of humility. You see, people who are proud don't ask for help. I know there have been many times in my life where I've not asked for help and I ought to have asked for help. Sometimes it's been when we've been driving the car and Ruth said, will you just stop and ask somebody where to go? No, 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 I'll find it, I'll find it. And that was back before phones and, and a whole bunch of other stuff that we could use to help us. Pride produces in us an attitude where we resist asking somebody else for assistance. And so when we read this phrase, what we think is he asked for help. Oh yeah, we always ask for help. No, we don't always ask for help. We don't ask for help where we're used to asking for help, but in the area of our life that we most need help, we've got to battle pride and work out whether or not we're humble enough to get him to assist us. You see, sometimes it's okay to ask for help from someone you're happy to have help you, but it's terrible when you have to ask somebody you don't really like to help you. Why? Because it's humbling. It's an awful thing when someone you don't want to help you tries to help you. Because pride rises up on the inside. When pride rises up on the inside, it creates a separation between us and God. And so the first thing I read from this, this psalm is that David cried for help. And for all of us, if, if, I can, if, if, if I could somehow get in your brain and put the phrase, ask for help, then I would. Because it's, an, it's the answer to your current experience. Asking for help is not about the help you get, it's about humility. It's about removing pride. And so David, his, you know, he cries out to God for help. Can I tell you a little secret? I, I used to work in the building industry and I did a whole range of different things. But uh, a part of my responsibility, I, I started with a company and the time I left the company, it was turning over $90 million a year in, in the building industry. But, and I worked for the owner of the company. I, I was in the structure, but then I stepped out of the structure. I worked for the owner. And, and uh, he was a very wealthy man and the people that he connected were, with, were, were very, very wealthy as well. And... Um, and so from time to time, he'd say, hey, uh, he'd ring me up and he'd say, hey, listen, can you go and see this guy? And this guy would be a well-known name um, and uh, it's a friend or a friend of a friend of his and he'd have an issue with some building problem and he'd say, I don't care what it costs us, we just got to get it sorted out. And it was about his pride, he was, a, he was a, a Jewish guy, it was about his pride and his standing in the society amongst his friends He'd say, I don't care what you do, we've got to find a way to fix it, you know. And, and usually it only ring me out of desperation because we got to a point where there was problems that we couldn't solve. And so while I'd worked for the company for many years and I had some skills, I wasn't that skilled. But what I could do was I could pray. And so often I'd be presented with really difficult situations and I'd be in my car driving to see somebody and... And I'd say the same thing over and over again. God, you know I haven't got the skills. I haven't got the education. I haven't, I, I've never been trained as a tradesman. Uh, there's a whole range of things I'd go through. And so I, at the end of the day, for me to solve this problem, I'm going to need your help. And time after time after time after time, God works signs and wonders and miracles on my behalf to resolve what were very, very complex issues. Now, and that was a practical thing, and it was to do with money and reputation. 
But what it, ha- what it did for me was it taught me how to handle life. Time after time after time, as a leader of a church, or as a leader of the movement, I say, God, you know I don't have the skills, I don't have the experience, I, I don't have the answers, but I need your help. I need your help. I need a flow of revelation or insight that will bring about change in this circumstance. And, and, and it's, it's there that the result comes. And when you walk away from having resolved a complex issue, knowing that you haven't done it yourself, it's sort of like there's a, there's a smug look on my face because I feel like there's a smug look on God's face. It's sort of like, yeah, yeah, I helped you out. You know that and I know that. God wants to help you in exactly the same way. There are going to be complexities in relationships, complexities in your workplace, complexities in, in, in your future plans, and because of what God has done. If there, if there has been any success, it's because of Him. He knows that. I know that. My mum and dad know that. And Ruth knows it mostly. The kids think I'm extraordinary. <laughs> But what I'm saying here is David had taken up a position where he was permanently praising God. Maybe not all the time from his mouth, but in his heart it was like, this is the position. It's him that's got me here. It's him that's going to take me into the future. And, and, and we ourselves need to be in the same place. If you want to be in a place of favor with God, then you need to acknowledge all that he has done in your life. But it needs to be a permanent place that you settle in so that it's constantly, if, if you like, coming out of who you are. It's interesting again, you know, when we talk about praise, it's a place of humility. It's not a place of pride. Uh, help, asking for help is a place of humility. Asking, uh, praising God is, comes from a place of humility. It's acknowledging who he is and who we really are. David understood the need for confession. Accepting responsibility is a sign of maturity and a sign of self-awareness. David, as we read it there, he said, unless I confessed my sins. Confess, you're confessing your sin is important because unless you confess your sin, you don't know you're committing it. You know, when you're teaching children and they do the wrong thing, you discipline them. Sometimes you discipline them because you know that they know it was the wrong thing and you discipline because they shouldn't have done it because it was the wrong thing. But there are other times where you discipline them because they do the wrong thing, but they don't understand it's the wrong thing. I remember one time we were... Uh, we're in our car and there was another family in the car in front of us and we were going on a picnic or something and our daughter was in their car and some of their kids were in our car. We hadn't gone far from our home and, um, and with the car was stopped in front of us. The, the friend stopped and he said, oh, I said, oh, what's wrong? We've just left home. What's the deal? He said, Amy Lee's learned a new song. Amy Lee's our oldest daughter. She was five or six. And, um, and, and the phrase went something like, and I can't tell you how it finished, but it was bad. It was Uncle Gordon's, uh, and I'm thinking, oh, no. Now, he was laughing. He was, he was trying to control himself. He said, I don't know that you've taught her that. Maybe you did, but... <laughs> and so, Amy Lee came back into our car, and we had a little chat. But I felt sorry for the little girl, because she was five or six, going to a public school, had no idea that the word she was using wasn't appropriate, 
Now, maybe someone had told her that Uncle Gordon was what she was saying, but she ought not to have said it anyway. The reality is, we had to talk to her and discipline her and help her understand that what she was doing was wrong, and then we had to get her to understand that it was wrong, uh, get her to confess that it was wrong. So we needed her to apologize. Sometimes confessing our sins get overlooked. God knows when you've sinned. The question is whether or not you know. And and David understood the need to confess his sins, to to come clean before God, to say, God, I've done the wrong thing. Pride wants to wash it over. Pride wants to justify our attitude. Pride wants to uh, make it look like we've done well. But true humility says, God, you know I'm a sinner, saved by grace. The way I looked at that person, the way I responded to what that person said, God, please give me the ability to discern accurately my thoughts and to only do the thing that you desire me to. For all of us here today, we need to be in the habit and in the process of confessing our sin. And it's interesting that God responds to us when we confess our sin. And David, David says, according to the Psalms, that if we don't confess our sins, he won't hear us. A couple of more points. David knew that God had listened to his prayers. The reality is most of us have multiple voices speaking to us, externally and in, internally. And one of the voices says that when you pray, it means zip, zero, nothing. One of the voices that you hear says, you can say what you want, but it goes into thin air. God's busy doing something else. And what we need to do is we need to go into combat with that voice because it's simply not true. And David understood that God listened to his prayers. He had got to a place where he knew when he spoke to God that God heard him. And we need to draw a line in the sand and refuse to listen to the voice that says God doesn't listen. God does listen. He's always listened. And it's only a voice that's distracting us that's trying to get us to disconnect with God. And the reason we think God doesn't listen to us is is based on who we think we are. And we already know who we are. We're not worthy, but because of what Christ has done, God listens to us. And he's going to keep listening to us. And for every single one of you, you've got to cut off that voice because it stops you from praying. And when God, uh, when the enemy can get you to stop praying, he can also stop the impact of Christ through you as well. So stop the voice. Whether it's external, somebody telling you that, or whether it's internal, perhaps something you're thinking, you've got to stop that voice because God does listen to prayer. David knew that God listened to his prayers. David knew that God didn't ignore his prayer. I don't know about you, but there have been times where where I've tried to speak to somebody and they're on the phone. Not talking on the phone, but they're on their phone. I remember one time, long time ago now, I had to go and see, I went to Ruth's house, this was before we were married, and I went into, into the lounge room and I said to Ruth's dad, I said, hey, uh, can I have a few minutes to talk? He was watching sport on the TV. He said, yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead. He's watching TV and he's known for watching sport on TV. I said, uh, I, can we go for a walk? He said, no, 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 this is fine. Uh, I said, well... I want you to turn the TV off then. I felt like he was ignoring me. I was going to ask him 
if I could marry his daughter. And I think he knew that. That's why he was playing hard to get. But the reality is, we think God is like us. And I, I'd suggest we're probably, we've probably all ignored people from time to time. When someone's telling you a long story, oh yeah, whatever. Internally, hopefully. And we assume because we do that, that God does that. God does not ignore us. He's not too busy watching sport on TV. He's not busy looking at all of the billions of people in China and India that he can't hear your voice. He doesn't ignore you. He both listens to you and he never ignores. It's not like he's too busy for you. He wants you to pray. He expects you to pray and he wants to continue to communicate with you. David knew that God didn't withdraw his love and grace from him. If someone deserved God to withdraw love and grace, then it was David. Look at what he did. All that he had been given, and yet he still disobeyed God in significant ways. But David knew and was confident that God didn't and hadn't withdrawn his love and his grace from him, and it made an enormous difference to the confidence that David had in his relationship with God, and it also brought a smile to God's face. You see, when we think that God has withdrawn his love, when we think that God has withdrawn his grace, what we do is we disappoint God because we're saying something about his character that is simply not true. If one of my girls uh, uh, thought that I wouldn't help them, then it would hurt me. If they were in difficulty or had some problem and they didn't ask me for help because they, they thought I wouldn't help, then that would hurt me and I'd, I, I'd try and make it clear that I would help, you know? I'd tell them straight. And when we th assume that God doesn't love us, when we assume that His grace doesn't extend to us, what we actually do is hurt Him because it's not in His character to do that. His love is unceasing and continual no matter what you've done, where you are or where you're going. David asked for mercy and blessing. I remember a game I used to play with the girls and I played it in school. You'd bend fingers back, you know? You guys play that sort of game? bend one another's fingers back and the one who won was the one who didn't ask for mercy, right? I mean, if you bend someone's finger back far enough, they're going to ask for mercy sooner or later. I enjoyed playing it with my girls when they were younger because I always won. Oh, mind you, Katie, she could, I mean, I was scared I was going to break her finger one time because she's fairly stubborn, but David asked for mercy and blessing. Why is it important to ask for mercy? It's a place of submission. It's a place of acknowledging who God is and who we are. You see, the winner doesn't ask for mercy. The one who's in the losing position does. And too often what we think is we are in charge, we're on top, we're the ascendant one. No, 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 no. We are in submission to him. And that's why God blesses submission to leadership, even if leadership isn't right. He blesses submission to leadership because it's a principle that follows right through his character. We are always, and, and whether we like it or not, whether we think we are or not, we are always submitted to him. He rules the worlds. And it's better that we align our thinking and our attitude so that we get the benefit of being in relationship with him than resisting his place of authority over our lives. Blessing. David asks a Blessing. When was the last time you asked for blessing? Let me tell you why you don't. Because you feel guilty. 
And many of you say, oh, no, 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 we want God to bless us, we want God to bless us. Yeah, yeah. The reality is, if you meet God face to face, if you're in a moment of prayer, usually what happens is you're overwhelmed with the sinfulness in your life that you can't get the words out, God bless me. You can do it when there doesn't appear to be connection. But when you're seriously faced with him, it's a difficult thing to do. Yet David had got to the place where not only did he ask for mercy, but he asked for God's blessing on his life. Let me read the final verse and and I'll finish in just a moment. Psalm 67 and verse 1 says this, May God be merciful and bless us, and may his face smile with favor on us. There is nothing more important to God than you doing well. You're his sons and his daughters. As a father, I want my kids to do well. And I will pay a price for them to do well. God wants all of us to do well. And he has paid a price for us to do well through sending his son, Jesus Christ. There's no more price to pay. All he asks is that we respond to him with humility, as David did. We know David didn't get there into that sort of relationship because of his goodness. He got there because he acknowledged who God was and was willing to humble himself and to connect with God in a way that God could receive him. Tonight, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what your relationship with God is like, but let me tell you this. When you're confronted with God, the best thing to do is to bow your knee. The best thing to do is to acknowledge the sin in your life and allow Him to wash you clean again. I am constantly aware of how short, not in height, but how how short I am in or how far short I am in reaching God's perfect standards. You know, every single day, so many thoughts race through our minds. I'm not talking about lustful thoughts. I'm just talking about ordinary thoughts. The way we see people around us, the way we think about things. So much happens. It's so easy to be distracted. But we need to come back again and align our thinking. The first thing we need to do is be aware of what we're thinking. And in finding ourselves before him, the best thing we can do is confess our sin. Father, forgive me. You know what I'm like. I'm learning what I'm like. I want to be more like Jesus Christ. So some of you tonight harbor ambitions to serve God in your hearts. You know that there is something bigger on the horizon than probably talking to a lot of these young people here. The others in the room as well. And God has spoken to you. He's given you dreams. He's given you pictures. He's given you visions. Things that you feel He'd like you to do. The beginning place is humility. The beginning place is confession beginning place is a request for mercy and my prayer today is that you'll respond to him you'll respond in a way 
that will bring a smile to his face. With his smile comes favor. We stand together with me. I want to front you up if I can if that makes sense some of you need to say God I'm going to bow my knee to you again you need to say God I'm going to bow my knee to you again Maybe because of your attitude, it maybe you haven't been grateful, it maybe because of some comparison game that's been playing in your mind. Maybe because you think everyone else has got the favor of God, but you have somehow missed out. Beginning place tonight is a place of humility. It's a place where you simply bow the knee. For you to fulfill the plans and purpose God has in your life, bow the knee so tonight whoever you are wherever you're from whatever your circumstance God by his Holy Spirit has somehow spoken to you through what I've said and you will respond I want you to make your way into the middle and if possible bow your knee maybe one maybe two Someone's unable to do that. I understand that. The point is we're going to bow the knee in our hearts. The outcome is the smile and the favor of God. It's a gift He wants to give to us all. It's so very simple to obtain. If that's you tonight, come and find yourself in the middle. Simply bow your knee. God knows what's going on. Understands completely. ourselves to you afresh Lord that you would smile on us Lord that your favour would be poured out on us that even in these moments as, as we are praying our hearts would be filled with joy there would be pleasurable experience as a result of our prayer response to it. Move by your Holy Spirit now in our hearts. Draw us closer to yourself so that so 
that we can experience the benefit of relationship with you. I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you that you're speaking to us today. I thank you that no matter where we've been, what we've been doing, what our state of mind, when we bow the knee to you, you're there. I thank you that you're there with open arms. Father, tonight, whether people have responded physically or not, I ask that you'd plant the seed of courage to bow the knee. That you'd plant the seed of courage to come before you with honesty, with pure motive, and to pray that greatest prayer of all that David prayed, help. honesty and openness and allow you to help us, allow you to change us, allow you to guide us, allow you to pour wisdom into us, allow you to make us the answer for the situation. Father, I declare your blessing over your church tonight in Jesus' name. Father, that we'd be carriers of peace that we would be carriers of hope, that we would be carriers of mercy, that we would be carriers of grace, that we would be carriers of unfailing love, that we would be carriers of faithfulness, that we would be carriers of the culture of heaven into wherever we go. In Jesus' name.
Thank you. I, that was great. Great. Fantastic. How about you, Pastor Wayne? going to do a couple of things as we finish tonight. We're going to receive an offering, and so if the host team could ready themselves for that, it would be great. There's a red clipboard making its way around somewhere. Um, can you keep it moving if you haven't? With uh, just putting your name down for to pray. Starting later this week, we're going to start this 24/7 prayer for a month. It'd be great to do that for our city. It'd be wonderful to do that for our city. Great. Ready yourselves. We're going to uh, give tonight and say thank you to Pastor Wayne for being with us for the weekend and uh, really want to honour him financially as well. We're going to bless him as he goes. Yeah, thanks guys. If you can receive that offering now, that would be great. That would be excellent. If you'd like anyone to stand with you, in prayer tonight for anything at all just sort of hang around down the front here at the end and um, and someone will come and stand with you it's our honour and privilege to stand with you in prayer for whatever reason that may be uh, we'd love to do that with you tonight also there's a take home question today which uh, we're encouraging people to discuss around the table as families the question is if you could have lunch with anyone who's ever lived who would you choose and why it's a good question it's a great question. That's great. Can I encourage you, please, to be purposed in your giving? As uh, giving stations on the left as you go out the doors, thank you so much for your generosity, allowing us to do what God's called us to do in the city together. It's um, it's really good, and we, we thank you for the generosity and encourage you to give generously and with purpose. How about we sing a song to finish, eh? Let's just kind of go out on a with a song. It'd be great. Have a great week.
is wisdom. It's true. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is wisdom. Every chain. Go forth in freedom and wisdom.